0: what up guys welcome to the raising worth podcast raising worth is a family and an organization who advocates for healthy and connected families we believe connection takes place when we truly understand the value of one another
1: a major focus of our mission is connecting families with the heart to adopt with the right resources. So you know the drill. We're here to highlight, uncover, and talk about people, places, and things, all raising right worth in their community. It could feel random at times. We'll have people on the show from all walks of life. It could be from Bitcoin to adoption and anywhere in between. Thank you so much for being here because we know you could be anywhere in the world right now. All righty.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. Well, well good afternoon or... Good evening, depending <laughs> on when you're listening to this, but it's morning for us. I've got some coffee and uh, we're just down in our basement ready to hang out.
1: We're in the basement ready to hang out. It Just took 12 and a half hours for us to figure out the mics for this podcast. Yay. So, long <laughs> suffering and patience. <laughs> okay, so we are very excited about this episode because we are going to do a three part series of Who Are the Hepworths? Um, we have so many exciting guests on the deck and so many fun things unpacking um, our adoption fears pdf and all kinds of things but we were talking and we're like man if people don't know who we are
0: maybe they want to know
1: maybe they want to (laughs) know maybe you just started following us maybe you don't even follow us and somehow you ended up on this episode we're like okay let's do a three-part series going a little bit individually into our past of where do we come from Doing one focusing just on our adoption story because we get a lot of questions about that specifically, obviously. And then one focusing on our fertility story because we get a lot about that, right? Yeah. So, why don't you start? Tell I us about know. who Zach Hepworth is. <laughs> <Whew. That's laughs> How a really old are good you? Good
0: question. <clears throat> I just hit the big three O. Three O. So, I'm 30 years old, and my number one passion in life is being a husband and father i love family family is such a beautiful thing to me and i love exploring how to build family and how to build culture within family so i thought i would start there and let you know that is my number one passion beyond that i love to create i'm gonna turn my chair so i can look at you every time so it great. feels more normal That's great. I love to create. I love experimenting, whether it's with clothing um, or art or music, I find it a really cathartic experience for me. So creativity is a huge thing. And then business. I really love business. I think I love business so much for two reasons. One, because I love connecting with people over ideas. I think it's such a blast. To you know, dream dream up ideas and figure out how to execute them. And then um, secondarily, I just love building. Building is so fun, building things. Um, you know, building dreams, organizations, uh, creative processes. I like process. Process is fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> Figuring out how to create a process. All right,
1: so tell us if Zach Kepworth, you there's three books on your nightstand, hypothetically. What are the three books?
0: Man, you just took me, I was going 75 on the freeway, and you said, Siri said, turn right now. <laughs> um, okay, books. Books on my nightstand?
1: Yeah, let's just say I just, like
0: I like history, and I like history through the lens of historical leaders. I love looking at, like, what was going on during the times when, you know, let's say Abraham Lincoln was a leader or Winston Churchill. So right now I have... Uh, Autobiography by Winston Churchill. Or oh, wait. Is it biography? Is it biography like, when someone else writes?
1: Yeah, it's The Churchill Factor.
0: Is it biography when someone else writes it? I believe so. Okay, so Auto someone else wrote it. about me. Yeah, <laughs> biography so. means someone else so, wrote it. Yeah. Okay, so it's a biography about Winston Churchill. Um, I've been working through that book for how long?
1: Uh, two years.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty big book. Yeah. So that's one book. I just finished a book called One Thing. Um, really good book by mm-hmm. Gary Keller. That's a... It was, for someone who has many passions as I do, for me, a challenge is learning how to hone them men. And so that book was really good for giving me some practical advice on that. So that's two books. Okay. Third book, The Monk That Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma.
1: Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Well, tell us about your where you come from. You're from Boise.
0: I'm from Boise, Idaho. Yes. Um, born in Honolulu, Hawaii moved here when basically I was a baby, it's like two years old and then grew up here. Um, Yeah, I've always enjoyed a couple of things I feel like have always, or maybe they'll say three things, I've always really enjoyed and it's taken me years to figure this out. But um, one, entrepreneurial things. I love creating, I love building. Um, And then advocacy, like I really love advocating you know, for causes like there's like a justice button inside of me that has always been there. Even when I was not the nicest guy in the world, I still wanted to see justice on behalf of other people. Three um, is connecting. Like I really like connecting with people. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, I graduated high school. And then after I graduated high school, I straight up decided I'm not going to college. Doesn't make sense for me. I'm going to go sell. And the
1: key thing to say is you weren't a believer. Yeah. That's the key thing to say. No, I'm saying so people understand growing up you weren't raised. No,
0: I did not believe in Jesus growing up. I had heard about Jesus. I had been in the church, you know, a few times. We'd go to like an Easter service or a Christmas service. I even went on (laughs) a mission trip once. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This is such a funny story. This is ridiculous. (laughs) So this is like a mission. I don't even know if you call it a mission trip, but it was a trip. And we all went to the gorge in Washington and we were like, you know, connecting with other Christians or whatever. And there was all these like really cool booths and we didn't have like a ton of money growing up. So I didn't have any extra money on the trip. So I just started like stealing things (laughs) from the booths. Like I didn't really think much of it. That's
1: the best Um, story. (laughs) So
0: anyways, my first mission trip, I was actually taking away from people not giving um really ridiculous but anyways That's a really
1: good like bird's eye into like you in high school
0: oh my gosh
1: and so then you graduated so and you were like let's make money. yeah
0: so so anyways I wasn't a believer at the time and so I I decided college didn't make sense for me I didn't really like what they were teaching in school it didn't resonate with me I didn't like how teachers taught I didn't feel like I was retaining the information I felt like it was more like repeating reciting um, memorization stuff and, and and that's not how I enjoy learning and, and looking back I realized like it was just a really big issue of how I was getting information more than anything and, and also the subject matter. So anyways I decide I'm gonna go sell door to door. I'm you know met some guys um, you know from uh, another school who had been like hustling you know going to door to door I think they graduated like a year earlier than me said they were making great money. It's a great opportunity so I decided hey why not? So I pack up my bags, I drive, pack up my car, literally, drive across the country to Florida. And at the time, I was 17 years old. And 17-year-old Zach Hepworth was absolutely a monster. Um, I had no control over my own emotions. I didn't really have regard for other people. I was a bit of a disaster. And so I drive all the way to Florida. I get to Florida, sit down with the manager, don't like him at all. Probably for some pretty dumb reasons. He probably asked me to do some really basic stuff. And I was being over the top. Yeah, 17. I wasn't even 18. over the top at yeah, was a yeah. 17-year-old. And I basically told him he could go kick rocks and I was going to pack my bags and leave. So that's exactly what I did. And that's the thing about me is most of the time when I set my mind to something, I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And up into, up, into a point, uh, up until a point. Up until a point. Anyway, so that's what I did. I packed my bags. I drove all the way back home from Florida to Boise, Idaho. And um, I don't remember exactly what I did from there, but the next summer I was back out selling door to door again. And this time I was in um, Texas. And so that was kind of what started my um, really one, a faith journey. You know, I'm 17 years old, like packing my bags, driving somewhere I've never seen, on never your own. been on my own to try and make it right. Like this is my idea of making it. So that's where like, you know, I I think I always have had a level of faith and a level of trust that things will work out, which honestly my, you know, my mom was always somebody that was just, you know, things will work out. Like she just had a positive attitude. And so, so I had that, you know, that faith piece I think started early in me. And then there was the entrepreneurial side really that sparked, I loved, being able to meet somebody, connect with them, someone I didn't know, connect with them. And then, you know, if it was a good fit, um, sell them something that would help their life in some way. So that was really fun. So I did that for several years. Um, and in the middle of doing that, it was a pursuit of things, right? It was just trying to fill an endless bowl of desire. That's what I was trying to do. It's trying to make more money, make more friends, um, by nicer things, it was just always the more, 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 more. And in the middle of all that, um, I was 20 years old drinking all the time. We're going out partying, um, you know, different drugs, uh, just, you know, making money, whatever, doing that lifestyle. And I had an epiphany that I was incredibly lost. I had no idea who I was. I just remember being in scenarios, looking around thinking like, what the heck am I even doing? I I don't totally. know what I'm doing.
1: Totally.
0: You know, like I don't even know what I want. None of these things that I'm after like are, why am I here? Are actually making me happy. Yeah. yeah, not literally. Not I felt so empty. I felt I literally felt like a hollow shell and I felt like there was no meaning to what I was doing. And I even just like I was losing meaningful connection with people, including family members who I, you know, had hurt and friends who I had hurt and it was just all this carnage in the the wake of like me being this incredibly selfish, overly ambitious individual. And so I just remember thinking, I don't know who I am. And I ran to a buddy of mine who's still a really good friend of mine. He's my longest standing friend. And he was getting high and reading the Bible. And so I was like, that's really easy segue for me. Like, I can still get high and read the Bible. (laughs) Like, let's do this. So I was doing that. And if any of you all know who are listening to this, who are believers, the word of God is alive. It's, it's living and it's active and it's sharper than a two edged sword. And that is so true. So as I'm reading this, I'm getting high. And when you're high, your mind is like really opening up. So my mind is really open at that point and I'm reading this and it is just cutting to the core of who I am. Yeah. It's convicting me. Mm-hmm. It's literally, it's literally ministering to the fact that I'm not living a life of meaning that there's a God that created me to live a life of of meaning and that I actually have the opportunity to step into that. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is insane. Mm -hmm. And so I'm reading it. It's coming alive. And then in the background, as I'm going throughout my day, I'm having all these crazy encounters. It's just happenstance stuff, you know, divine appointments and um, really God speaking to me through nature. There's a lot of stuff that I could get into at another time. But I just started to encounter, you know, Jesus Christ himself in such a – real way that I couldn't deny it so transition in I just start to you know surrender my life slowly but surely to you know the man himself the living God Yeshua Jesus Christ (laughs) I love it so so
1: so slowly the desire for alcohol drugs everything else it just weeded away
0: yeah it was just this slow it was just slow death you know it was like all these things were falling off me like it talks about you know a new man being regenerated like i could really feel the word of god i could feel the holy spirit really regenerating a new man inside of me so long story short all that leads me to um basically a community of believers where i get locked in do an internship and i'm just fully invested in helping build up the college ministry there i mean full in seven days a week all all day for like three years straight so that's, that was, which is where we met, which is where we met. Yeah. So that's a little bit of background on myself. So I've always found myself again, building, mm-hmm. advocating and connecting. Those are right. three things I've always found myself doing. Mm-hmm. So let's hear. Well, I have a few questions before you jump oh, okay. into me. Right. So, so right. you
1: basically, um, you start reading the Bible while you're high. Yes. Start experiencing the truth of Jesus. Yes. Slowly your, your desire um for any of those worldly things start to slowly weed away and you get connected into a community of believers um you meet one of your best friends right you meet a community of people that is able to put language to absolutely experiences. yeah absolutely um because when i met you you were going downtown every night na- right praying for people um zach has a you haven't even mentioned this but he has a gift with uh words and so when i met him he was known as the guy with the afro who raps like <laughs> He was like, he's, uh, let's see, a quarter Jamaican, a quarter Puerto Rican, a quarter uh, I, yeah, I'm German. Like, I'm but like he, African so Spanish this, and yeah, European. He has this easier. row of hair, and it was so long. He would sit in front of me at church, and I literally couldn't see the preacher because his hair was so big. But like, so, so in that experience, you just like... Did you always love music? Did you always love Oh, music. Things?
0: Music is music has absolutely saved my life. Yeah. I mean, honestly, totally. like music has always been there for me. Yeah. You know, you hear people say that. I can attest to that. It's true, friend. It really is. Um I think music can be a conversation for the soul, right? Where you're thinking a lot of things yourself you might not have language because you're so close to your own experience yeah. that you can't articulate it right but then you hear a song right right or a melody. and it reveals everything and which it is
1: opens this pathway in your brain <coughs> and
0: yeah it really does it opens a pathway it opens the pathway of possibility right you yeah. see it There's a new connection oh right when you that said that formed. the baby's kicked <laughs> hey what's up guys so yeah that's yeah so that's music's amazing. always been there for me which is in part why i don't like music with no meaning because I feel like...
1: Would you say some music has no meaning?
0: I, I would say that a lot of music is unintentional, I mm-hmm. guess would be a better way to say it. A lot of music coming out now that I've heard... Oh, it's just noise. ...is unintentional. Got it. And I wouldn't say no meaning, but I don't know. I just feel like there's so many talented people that sometimes <laughs> miss the opportunity to do something really intentional mm-hmm. with music. Yeah. Because um, it's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, so yeah, I've sure. always liked those things.
1: All right, well, cool. So we'll pick up the rest of your story once we meet. So I'll maybe share some of it. Yeah, well, I, I
0: mean, I think the idea of getting to know somebody mm-hmm. isn't to know everything about them oh, in 30 minutes. Oh, for sure. I, was just, so I love I your think, story yes, so much. no, no, that no I'm like, just going to say, like, I think that we'll get into for sure. our lives so over, you know. Seasons Right, of like we're in this for the long haul, so <laughs> yeah. more things will come out. Well, thank we you go. for sharing but, that. Yeah.
1: Um, well, my name is E.B. Hepworth. Um, e. The e. B. great is, and
0: inspiring <laughs> E.B. Hepworth.
1: E.B. is short for Elizabeth. I get asked that weekly. I get called Ebby my whole life. It's not Ebby. It's not Ebby. Starbucks it's always e. gets it wrong. And when I was little, they used to, at school, ask if my parents got me on eBay, because it's right when eBay came out.
0: Kids can be harsh. Brutal.
1: I was like, no, I came from my mom, not <laughs> oh, eBay. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, um... Yeah, so I am originally from Modesto, California, um, Central Valley. It's a farming, um, farming, drugs, what else is it known for? <laughs> farming
0: and drugs. Well, you guys have a lot of agriculture, a right? A lot of it's agriculture. Huge agriculture. Yeah. Like there's cows, am I right?
1: I know. Uh, a lot just, of cows, well, walnuts. Yeah, so many, yeah, walnuts, a lot of farming. It's yeah. basically two hours from the... From the coast. So, obviously, growing up, I was really close to...
0: Isn't there a famous guy that wrote a big series from there? (laughs) A movie series?
1: Yes. uh, What's his name again? (laughs) You can say George Lucas. George Lucas. Our (laughs) claim to fame. (laughs) The author of Star Wars. Creator. That's kind of cool. He went to a different high school. But, yeah. Born and raised in Modesto, California. Um, I was raised in a Christian family. Um, I always was raised, went to, going to church, Um, my, almost my entire life, I lived next door to my grandparents. Um, My grandparents played a huge role. My my dad's parents played a huge role in um, establishing a foundation of, like, faith for me. Um, And then my mom's mom, my grandma, Rosemary, uh, played a huge role in just um, extracting creativity, extracting um, just, like, special, unique gifts in me. And so, um, I I really something we'll get into this later. But I love the fact that my grandparents were so involved in my life, same as yours, right? I feel yeah, like nowadays my, it's like so rare for grandparents to really like. Yeah. You know, we thankfully yeah, your my mom was so involved with. But.
0: Yeah, she lived with us. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, yeah. yeah that so. was huge. I loved. That. Anyway, super close <laughs> with
1: my grandparents. Super close with both of my parents. Um, my my mom got uh, really really sick when I was in the seventh grade with leukemia. I wasn't supposed to make it. Uh, and that was kind of a turning point kind of for my life of um, understanding understanding suffering and sorrow and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, a few years after, my parents ended up divorcing, and that was another kind of pivotal moment. I remember in high school when they split, I remember consciously thinking, because at that point, you know, our age, everyone's parents had divorced. Right. Like, every, there was like a season where like...
0: How old were you again?
1: Uh, I was in eighth grade when they... But my freshman year was when I was finalized. Okay. Yeah. Okay but so what, it was like rare. Oh no, I was probably like 12 or 13. I was super young in oh, high school. I graduated high school when sure I was didn't know that. 17. Yeah, so James. yeah. So <laughs> the youngins. <laughs> yeah. So all that to say I remember consciously thinking I could do one or two things. I could rebel because that's what everyone does and right. it's an easy crutch <laughs> when your parents split. Oh, they're just it's just a rough season, right? Or I could stay the course and stay true to the things I know. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of a 50/50. Half the time I would rebel and the other times I would um remember like the way I would want to live so anyway yeah. went through a season of rebel um my version of rebellion was not your version you probably right. did a, you were probably a lot worse than me <laughs> but, Probably. but I uh you know to me I knew it wasn't who I was so whatever right. going places I know I shouldn't have gone but um so then enter you know I was always played soccer really competitively always um dreamt of playing in college yeah. and professionally. When did you first start playing soccer? When I was four years old. Four years old. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and so I was always super focused on that. I was never the girl, the crazy girl that was crazy about boys. I was always pretty focused on soccer. I really thought that right. was like my ticket to uh, purpose in a way. And so uh, my junior era, high school started date, dating someone, never had really dated, and uh, mm-hmm. it was long distance. and It was one of those things where it opened up kind of this like, oh, wow, like I was always – like a nurturer my whole life, but, you know, dating someone just yeah. that changes you. So mm-hmm. there was a big unraveling of things in me that were just not, not pure, not kind, just um, manipulative. And so that kind of started to bleed itself, just characteristics in my heart. Um, so anyway, play soccer in college, graduate high school, play soccer in college. Right. Uh, and that's, I remember I would be at parties and I remember I would be like so many different seasons of life. I would be in a place and I'd be like, how did I get here? like, what am I doing? Right. Or I'd be dating, you know, so-and-so. And and I would be like, wait a minute. Like, how did I get here? Like, you just kind of look at yourself and you have this experience where you're outside of your body and you're like, the heck am I doing? So, so I had a lot of those moments throughout high school and college and, um, end up moving, transferring schools, coming to Boise. And, um, I the, the way I, you know, came in, To know jesus really for myself and not for what my family or what i'd grown up in right um i'd gotten in an argument with my ex-boyfriend and um i remember getting in my car getting my rav4 and a girl on the track team invited me to a a conference a women's conference Mm -hmm. and it was lisa bevere and i remember that this kind of goes into the manipulation i remember looking at the flyer and thinking Oh, if I go to this church service and I could call my dad after, and I could tell my dad I went to church and then he would not have to worry. And he'd think I'm this good girl. I I would be protecting my view of, you know, and it would help my family, you know, just not worry. Right. So it's all manipulation. I didn't want to go to this, go to this church, go to the walk in again. I'm raised in the church. So I know how these things go. I'm in the far back corner, last row next to the aisle. So the second somebody asks to pray for me, I can leave. I'm like, I'm not trying to get ministry here. I'm trying to, right? <laughs> I'm trying to tell my dad I went to church. So I sit in the last row, and uh, and all of a sudden That's I'm hilarious. like, I don't want to be here. I stand up to leave. I go to turn out, and it's kind of funny because this guy that I'm convinced he's an angel, he's like super radical. But later I found out Zach ended up living with him when he was doing the internship program at this church. <laughs> But he comes out of nowhere with a gold platter mm-hmm. with one chocolate-covered strawberry, like a little leprechaun. This is his last one. It's his last one. And he goes, and it's, again, this is a women's conference. Mm-hmm. There's
0: no men. Well, there, there was men serving. Yeah,
1: but like I hadn't seen any, oh, so yeah. I was like, the heck? Yeah. And he pops out of nowhere. He goes, hello. And he's like an older man, I'd say, in his 60s. And he goes, would you like a chocolate-covered so strawberry? 70s. And um, And to me, I'm like... What the heck? Like, and I love chocolate covered strawberry. Right. I mean, I guess who doesn't? But I was like, oh, and it was like as if he was blocking, so I couldn't leave. You right. know, it's like almost as if he knew I wanted to leave. And I said, oh, and he said, you should sit. It's about to start. And I, I said, okay. And so I slowly take this chocolate, chocolate covered strawberry and then sit down. And I'm like, what the heck? And so anyway, <laughs> so long funny. story short, uh, Lucy Bevere is a passionate, powerful speaker, and she shares. You know, you hear pe- messages, and you're like, wait, she's reading my like diary. Like this is my life. This is my story. And her story was, you know. Really, um, it sat with me. And yeah. I remember thinking, I'm going to like pull a hamstring. I'm going to sprint to the altar so fast. Like, I remember crying during worship in wondering, oh my gosh, like I haven't felt this spirit of God. Yeah. I knew what it is because I had experienced it before but I hadn't felt that in so long and it was this...
0: So that was one of the first times throughout your entire life that you really like felt the presence of God.
1: And there were were moments, that's what, I don't ever want to water down these moments of when I was in middle school and high school that was like, but that, it was like returning to the love feeling, you know, like going back to the charging station and being like, whoa, and connected to the source. And so, Uh, essentially I, my personality is, um, when you turn me on, when you, when you like light me up, I'm gone. I'm very loyal. Like if, you know, if I'm on your side, I'll always like, you know, right. So all of a sudden I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is, you know, so I basically break up, you know, we break up at that point. I'd been dating somebody for over three years. I, I changed my whole lifestyle Break up. I fell so in love with, with the word of God, I knew because of the foundation my grandparents had built, mm. the only way to know Jesus is through the Bible. I remember my first—the Bible at home oh, was King James. I'm like, you know, I'm like, let's let's go. I'm like reading, you know, and it's just so funny. And I remember going. about and and shall <laughs>
0: yeah. go into the corners and of the earth. When you're hungry, dude, that will f- yeah, oh fueling. for sure. I remember reading that too. Yeah. I was like, man, this is hard, but I love it. And I
1: remember going to a Christian bookstore, <laughs> being like. New King James, ESV. what do I want, man? Like I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to get to know Jesus. I didn't like, and so I um, enter the story of me just really like falling in love with the word of God. And that was really like the foundation of um, my relationship with Jesus. And I think that that's where a lot of believers will sometimes fall off the track so early is that they fall in love with the community or a church of believers rather than um, obviously like the word of God. Yeah.
0: the word of God. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's like, it, it, you can read those things publicly and you can learn through these messages. But when you are by yourself right. reading, and you know what? My first years, shoot still, I read things and I'm like, what does that mean? Right. And a lot of times you don't totally understand it and that's okay. But yeah. you're still getting to know Jesus. You're getting to know, sure. you know, so.
0: So that's a really good in inside look at your testimony yeah and how you encounter Jesus oh
1: yeah and I'm not even telling you who let's I am, huh? hear a
0: little bit about who you are <laughs> like what good point what are some of the things that you've okay. always been passionate about okay. what are some of the things that you just really enjoy doing right. on you know a day-to-day basis or I things you find yourself love drawn to
1: competition I'm a three on the enneagram. I that's (laughs) why I love soccer. That's why I love love soccer. Yeah, like I, I I was the girl that would always get yellow cards. I always stood up for girls on my team. If anyone was, you know, being nasty on the field or even so, you always were an advocate. I was always an advocate. I've always hated the bully. Um, And so when that sanctified, that went into the justice system, obviously fighting human trafficking. And um, I, I love people like you, right? Um I think people would assume I'm an extrovert, but I think you and I both know. I mean, I'm
0: You're <laughs> probably more down the middle, right? I'm right down the middle. You I'm technically
1: 51 introvert and yeah. then 49 extrovert. So there's those moments like I feel like I'm an extrovert with my people, you know, with my safe people. I've got like my gang of four girls that right. I'm like I would love to be with them all the time. But um it's hard for me to export like my energy in places i think that's
0: changed too as you become a mother
1: that's true that's a good point like i'd rather be at home with them you just good point.
0: like where you're extroverted the emphasis of that yeah. is like it's on a small group yeah. of people yeah by design right right you you're a mother you mm-hmm. want to pour your time into so yeah, yeah. and that's the other thing mother
1: that. like my whole life i dreamt of being a mother i'd always dreamt of being a nurturer that's the yeah. way that zach explains that he fell in love with me mm-hmm. is that he like He's like, all of a sudden, this veil was released. Yeah, we'll talk, like, we'll talk, yeah, we'll we'll talk about, about that
0: on the next <laughs> episode.
1: <laughs> In the next episode of our story, which we've never <laughs> shared. And it's literally better than Nicholas Sparks. Like, yeah, it's the best story ever. So, um,. So yeah, I love, and I love, I love writing, right? Like if yeah. I could do one thing with my whole life, yeah. it honestly would be to be an author. Right. Um, I would rather hide behind words than a The one thing than a that microphone. you're going to do with your life. <laughs> yeah, <laptop>. I hope <laughs>
0: so. You're such an amazing <laughs> writer. I
1: hope so. And I just, I've always been that way. Like even the way yeah. you feel with music, I feel connected to music in that same way. Interesting. Um, and that's the other cool thing. Um, Since becoming a mother, um, these new gifts have really arisen in me. And my whole life I've... um always enjoyed singing always. Um, but my oldest brother was a theater major. He was a singer in our family and I was the athlete. So I never felt freedom to like, Oh, like you stick to the field Eb, and he'll stick to the microphone, like Mm. just stay in your lane. And, um, so since becoming a mother, our adoption process that unleashed me to sing, like before we got our kids home, I would just go in their crib and sing. And that kind of, the voice was always there, but the confidence wasn't and the, the authority to really like,
0: yeah. Also just, yeah. Like being comfortable. Yeah. And I think the permission, the permission that you
1: really also um, carved out for me too. And so for the last, you know, two and a half years, yeah, yeah, that's, um, like leading worship has been something so special. Um, and it's like, it's it's different than, yeah, it's like this creative expression, um, And it gets to, it's, you know, stems from an intimate prayer life, but then you get to put melody to it and it just feels sacred and special and, uh, and it changes you, you know?
0: I feel it's like, I think everybody gets a special way of releasing the heart of God. Totally. I feel like that's the special way that you release the heart of God. Yeah. Like for me, when I listen to you sing or whatever, And you know you're just kind of singing a song that the Lord's giving you. Mm-hmm. I can feel His heart, you know. Yeah. And even when you sing someone else's, yeah. You know, like singing yeah. a, a song by Bethel or yeah, like totally. I can feel the heart. Yeah. Behind it. Yeah. You That's good. If Thanks, that babe. Sense. It yeah. does. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so um, those are the things I love to do. Um, my three books on my nightstand. Are you gonna ask that?
0: Well, I was actually gonna kind of reverse it okay. a little bit oh, because yeah. you're an author. Okay. So I was going to ask, like, what are some things that maybe you could say three things that you want to write about okay? as, you know, the years go on?
1: As the years go on. Um, number one <laughs> thing I want to write about is waiting well. I mm-hmm. think uh, every podcast that anyone ever interviews me on, that's always the question they ask. And yeah. it's kind of funny because I don't look at my life and think, wow, she waited awesome. Like, mm-hmm. of course, I've, I have contended for things um, and I still am contending for things. But yeah. I think that's a message on my life. Um, I think um, <laughs> who wants to write about suffering, but I feel like that's also a call of my life is to um, unpack the sacredness of suffering and it's really a lot like of life. yeah. That's I mean, good. we've I've walked through a lot. You and I have walked through a lot. We've talked Our to family. people. Yeah, we've, walked, a we've lot. walked with people. Yeah. You know, international, all over the world, mm-hmm. experiencing things we never will. Mm-hmm. So I think um, re- unpacking that sacredness that's that good. people uh, think is awful but it's holy and the third thing um I would probably say mothering like just Mm. I think that that's been something for me I I don't know it's just different I mother differently and not better or not worse um but I've learned things through motherhood that have changed me right that I would really love um to share
0: yeah that's really good so so
1: waiting suffering and mothering
0: so basically um to become an incredible mother you must wait well and learn to suffer well <laughs> totally. is that right that's <laughs> <laughs> so like the thesis of my whole life got no i think through yeah. anything though right it's <laughs> totally. just, that's that's so 100%. good i was so excited <laughs> for everybody to read yeah and get into the pages of what this wonderful woman writes you're such
1: i think i'm gonna write all of my books author. on my phone because i'm so much more creative with my <clears throat> fingers rather than out a keyboard that's so funny you, you say that, that no
0: i was just thinking this morning how i feel a like pencil yes you, you do the pencil in the i panel. love i love like mechanical like tactical like oh tactile excuse me tactile things like i can feel them and it feels it's so like,
1: disorganized when I put it on a piece of paper, it's scratched out. And then I, because I, I love do cut that. Pa- oh, my I don't gosh, know why. I'm like, I can't even think of my thoughts. What am I trying to say? I seriously think every book I write That's will be so on my funny. notes on my phone. That's so funny. <laughs> even just the color of the notes on the iPhone, I feel more creative versus <laughs> like, say, like Instagram what do you mean? or Facebook. Like, the like do you that,
0: cut do you make your words a different color? No, in the notes no, section? It's
1: just when I open the notes phone, something is released. Something like <laughs> opens.
0: <laughs> I love
1: it. I feel like instantly <laughs> that's and awesome. you know, you go into your safe place of where to get creative. And for me, it's the porch. For you, it's the cube. For you know, we yeah. have this basement, yeah. we have this one room that's just like Zach's kinda. There's creative. no windows the in it. Yeah. It's
0: just you shut the door and you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So that's basically me. That's my, my brief History of where I come from and yeah. a little bit of things about me.
0: Yeah. So that is us. <laughs> us
1: separately. In a separately. nutshell.
0: And then we'll talk next time about how we met. Our story
1: um, of uh, romance. Because, yeah, we were okay. friends we, yeah, for we're a, a long time. Our story
0: of romance. Well, and and of technically, romance. Romance? Yeah. just... So everybody knows, I'll settle the score. Evie has loved me longer than I have loved her. (laughs) It's true. She says it all the time. She says she's loved me for 10 years. I've only loved her for nine and a half years. (laughs)
1: No, I would say eight. Because, (laughs) no,
0: not eight. Not eight. Uh, There was only like a year period where you loved me and I didn't know so we'll say nine <laughs> this is a little so there's preview, like,
1: so then you're like oh i can't wait for the next episode <laughs>
0: yeah so technically she's loved me longer which all is really really that beautiful thing. knew
1: how much my tear-stained pillow because oh. i was like i just wish he knew my name <laughs> yeah. but then in the same breath i'm like but i just want to move to Africa and not be married anyway so it's fine so <laughs> i was all over the place <laughs> and,
0: oh my gosh this is so funny i'm, I'm not oh, going to say man. anything <laughs> Uh, <laughs> He's like Evie, it.
1: you would never not be married. I you love and me. <laughs>
0: it. Oh man. But yeah, so that'll be fun to talk about that. And uh, yeah. The Hepworths. The Hepworths.
1: So we have so many fun things planned. We have even just yesterday at our work day we had so many fun guests that we were like, oh my gosh, they are going to tear this up. So as you guys um, are listening, make sure you hit subscribe, whether you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or just on our website. And remember every single time these things are released, it's because of donors. It's because people are giving, you know, 10, $20 a month. And it really, really does help fulfill this mission. And we have so many things on the deck that we're just like, God's just breathing on and yeah. giving us vision for. So yeah, if you do feel called to mm-hmm. partner with us, we always include the link in the information on yeah. the podcast, but you can always go to raisingworth.org yeah. and become a donor with
0: us. Yeah. And, and please do. If that's something that, you know, you you feel like you're connecting at a heart level with this, you know, with this organization, with what we're sharing Please do join to be a monthly donor or even a one-time donor. Yep. it's gonna go through or gonna go to things like resources that we're building, like the PDF that you guys just saw. Um, you know, different e courses, creative uh, e yes, videos books, that we want to create to educate, yeah. as well as there's some other things we will announce that we would like to do when it comes to helping people in the adoption process. So. And
1: the last thing we'll say is make sure you leave a review because yes, these are please. viewed the way that algorithms work within podcasts is if you leave a review, um, it is seen more. So leave yeah, a review. the more
0: reviews, the higher it climbs, the higher it climbs, the more eyeballs <laughs> see and the more fingers <laughs> click and the more ears yep. are... <laughs> receiving and always guys guys, we're embarrassingly
1: easy to find so you can find Zach Hepworth at Z-A-C-H-E-P-W-O-R-T-H or you can find me E.B. Hepworth at E-B-I-E H-E-P-W-O-R-T-H and we're always on Instagram at Raising Worth so find us there and we will see you on our next episode
0: thanks guys